0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We hope you enjoyed our special guest last week, the immortal Chuck Yeager. General Yeager generously granted us well over an hour's worth of interview time a couple weeks back, and we'll be bringing you more of that in the weeks to come. Not next week, of course, because that will be our annual pledge drive at KDVS. We certainly don't mind taking extra time and energy and expenses to try and bring you the likes of Charles Yeager on this program, but KDVS, like any community-based radio station, depends upon your support. So I hope uh, next week at this time... All of you, dear listeners, will call in and pledge your support to this program and to this station. Let's begin this program as we like to do with On This Date in History. The date in question is April 15th. And I sort of hope you're among those 47% of Americans who apparently don't have to pay taxes on Tax Day this year. Of course, we won't talk about what that's going to do to our national deficit. But at any rate, on April 15th in 1861... President Abraham Lincoln, expecting the American Civil War to be a short conflict, called for 75,000 volunteers to serve for three months. And it was exactly four years later on this date in 1865 that President Lincoln succumbed to a bullet wound inflicted the night before by John Wilkes Booth. Abraham Lincoln died just six days after Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered at Appomattox, effectively ending the American Civil War. On this date in 1912, at about 2.20 a.m., the British ocean liner Titanic sank in the North Atlantic. Recently uncovered papers show that the reason the ship sank in such a brief period of time was that its construction had shaved off some of the uh, specifications on bolts and the steel plating to make the ship lighter and thus faster and thus more commercially advantageous. That uh, was a gamble that the steamship company lost as the Titanic wound up 13,000 feet down on the floor of the ocean. On a happier note, in this date of 1947, African American baseball pioneer Jackie Robinson stepped onto Ebbets Field to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And on April fifteenth, 1961, in a speech at the United Nations, Cuban Foreign Minister Raul Roa accused the U.S. and its Latin American allies of plotting an invasion. In fact, two days later, the CIA's sponsored, quote, covert, unquote, invasion at the Bay of Pigs, failed miserably. Our quote of the day comes from Henry Ward Beecher, who once said the difference between perseverance and obstinacy is that one often comes from a strong will and the other from a strong won't. A quip of the day comes from Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez, who, referring to an alleged internet conspiracy against him, said, they use so many pages and blogs and terms like Blackberry and Twitter. We agree. Clear examples of conspiracy. A joke of the day comes from Rodney Dangerfield, who once said, I tell you, I don't get no respect. One time I got hurt. On the way to the hospital, the ambulance stopped for gas. Our stat of the day, and this one kind of crept up on us, um, is the fact that the war in Afghanistan is now eight years, six months, and nine days old, which shatters the previous record holder the Vietnam War, which lasted eight years, five months, and 21 days. Our conflict in Iraq has now passed the seven-year mark and is at seven years, 26 days. All right, let's jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was a good week a few weeks back for Joseph Stalin when planners of Moscow's World War II Victory Day celebration announced that for the first time since 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the May celebration will feature posters of Stalin. Not everyone's happy about this. Uh, Many historians blame Stalin's brutal purges in the 1930s for weakening the armed forces, which is kind of a duh. We would refer you to our archives an excellent interview with Konstantin Pleshikov about this very topic, he discussed his fine book, Stalin's Folly. But a, uh, a leading Soviet-era dissident, Ludmilla Alexeyeva, said this is an insult to the millions who perished on the fronts of the war due to Stalin's stupid and criminal orders, which we think's about right. It was, on the other hand, a bad week for charitable impulses after an elderly Australian man donated his suitcase to the Salvation Army, only to be told by his wife that their life savings had been sewn into the lining of the bag. Happily, police tracked down the suitcase which had been sold and charged two people with, mis- with depositing $93,000 in the bank. Lesson in that, I suppose, folks, is if you elect to sew your life savings in the lining of a bag, please inform your spouse. Finally, it was an ugly week for understanding American history. A couple of weeks back when a conservative parents group in Utah Called upon the school district to stop describing the U.S. as a democracy. The group, Utah's Republic, objects to the Alpine School District saying that it educates students to ensure the future of our democracy. Said group founder Oak Norton of Provo, a democracy relies solely on the majority rule, thus is the road to socialism. The U.S., he said, is a republic, not a democracy. Kind of makes you wish Mr. Oak Norton of Provo, Utah had actually learned some history before he decided to tell school districts how they should teach it, don't you think? We talked about them trying to pull this same stunt down in Texas uh, a month ago. What is it about the term representative democracy these people don't understand? Of course, they are correct. We are a republic. We don't have a king or queen, which if you look it up is all the term republic means. All right, from the Maybe Not Only in America file, we have the following. According to the Boston Globe, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies are now setting up Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn accounts under aliases to solicit information about or directly from suspects. And no, we have no word on whether Hugo Chavez <laughs> has been solicited. But uh, maybe the Venezuelan president really is onto something. And as a follow-up on a discussion we had several months back, we would like to cite a letter from Bill Watson, Department of Mathematics and Computer Science, St. John's University, Jamaica, New York, to New Scientist magazine, who notes that on NASA's website, you can actually see the trail of footprints left on the moon by the Apollo 14 astronauts. This was photographed from the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter between the 11th and 15th of July last year. That's for those of you who still wonder whether we went. And from the, I think, only in America file, we have the fact that an author named Seth Graham Smith, who (laughs) apparently flushed with the success of writing a revision of Pride and Prejudice that included zombies and scored a surprise hit, has now (laughs) produced a book wherein Abraham Lincoln hunts vampires. In fact, the title of this distinguished tome is, in fact, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I think we may have to check in with our good pal Dr. Andy Jones over at UC Davis's English Department to see what they know about this. I mean, I know we have a First Amendment in this country, but that does seem like a crime against the English language. And by the way, that opinion, like all the ones heard on this program, do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the regents of the University of California. And if any of the regents give Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, a favorable review, we'll be the first to air it. All right, and from the only in the Confederacy file, we have the following. Apparently, Virginia's governor, Bob McDonald, angered civil rights leaders last week when he declared April Confederate History Month. Apparently, the Republican governor's proclamation pleased a group called the Sons of Confederate veterans, but civil rights leaders called it an insult to the state's black citizens. Former governor L. Douglas Wilder, an African-American, called the proclamation's omission of slavery mind-boggling. But Virginia does expect a tourist influx for the 150th anniversary of the start of the Civil War. And uh, I don't know if any of you attended last week's uh, celebration at the Fox and Goose, which noted the 19th anniversary of uh, our good friend James Israel's publication, The Humor Times. But uh, we hope some of you at least made it. We're big fans of many of the items that appear in The Humor Times, formerly the Comic Press News. In fact, I'm looking at the faux news section right now we got one from just before the election of last year that said, Paul, Obama faring poorly among racists. <laughs> Subheadline was, Bigots oppose Barack by thousand to one margin. Another one we enjoyed after the election that said, Obama begins planning transition to socialism, comma, communism. And by the way, if you're in a car headed to San Francisco right about now, you should note that there's going to be a tea party in the city by the bay. Radio Parallax does have a Republican agent who's apparently going to insinuate himself into the, uh, the goings-on, and we expect to get a report either next week or the week after. And we have some follow-up on what we reported a few weeks back, the fact that author Simon Singh won his uh, libel appeal over in the UK. We'd again refer you to our archives, by the way, for our interview with Dr. Singh about his book, Trick or Treatment. He was accused of libel by the British Chiropractic Association over an article in The Guardian in 2008 wherein he questioned the claims of some chiropractors over the treatment of certain childhood conditions. The high court had ruled that the words were fact, not opinion, meaning Dr. Singh could not use the fair comment defense. However, the judges uh, ruled on appeal that um, Court Justice Eadley had erred in his approach last May and then allowed Dr. Singh's appeal. This is being analyzed as... a uh, A strong endorsement of the view that scientific controversies should be settled by scientific debate rather than litigation. In fact, (laughs) that's so insane, I want to read that again. The judgment strongly endorses the view that scientific controversies should be settled by scientific debate rather than litigation. Oh, I don't know. The courts did a pretty good job back in the time of the Inquisition in establishing what was true and not, don't you think? But uh, seriously, on a happy note, it's felt this will make drug companies and organizations providing therapies more cautious in bringing libel actions against those writers and academics who express strong opinion about the efficacy of their drugs and therapies. Simon Singh described the ruling as brilliant, but added that the action had cost him £200,000 just to define the meaning of a few words. A lot more to say about the American uh, system of justice, which we got from the British a little bit later. And a couple years back on the program when we had our intern Letty Chavez talking about things in Mexico, she mentioned that uh, at the time, I believe, the third richest man in the world, Carlos Slim. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about Carlos Slim, got educated about him, but um, maybe it's time to look at him again because Forbes magazine now considers him to be the world's richest man. Apparently, he's riding surging prices of his various telecom holdings. Carlos Slim apparently did this uh, the old-fashioned way. Uh. With a finger in every pie, down in Mexico, apparently from the cement industry to telephones to restaurants. His acquisitiveness has stirred charges that he enjoys unfair monopoly power. Gee, you think? But his approach is sensible. He buys during panics and recessions. By all accounts, Carlos Slim is not necessarily a nice fellow. One of his friends noted on a recent vacation to Italy that he spent two hours haggling with a merchant to knock down the price of a necktie to $10. And uh, what label for this psychopathology we'd pull out of the DSM-5, I don't know. But I'll tell you this, the man ain't right. Speaking of people who ain't right, we can't resist. (laughs) Quoting uh, Riel Hunter, John Edwards' flame, who said recently, He in fact did say to me the first night, Falling in love with you could really screw up my plans for becoming president. Oh, John, you charmer, you. And uh, he didn't use screw up in the original. Meaning to comment on the March 6th Economist magazine had an article about gender side, which is sort of sad. When I was a college student, I went back to the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. They were developing the 2D echocardiogram. Of course, sonograms uh, are not just used for hearts, they're used for just about everything these days. And we knew that would happen back in the 1970s, but i don't think anybody foresaw was the fact that um, they would be used in obstetrics to determine the sex of the child and if in certain cultures uh, it was desirable to have a baby boy that the baby girl would then be aborted this in fact is taking place on a very large scale in china and india and a smather- and a smattering of other asian countries including south korea singapore and taiwan turns out that the ultrasound scan can cost as little as 12 dollars, which is when the scope of Many, perhaps most, Chinese and Indian families. But in this case, we can't really blame uh, technology. It turns out that it's accepted practice in in rural parts of China to uh, basically, you know, let a little girl die. In fact, uh, there was recently an outcry over the fact that a Chinese hospital apparently had dumped the corpses of 21 babies along a riverbed. Though it wasn't clear in this case whether the babies were killed because they were girls or whether they died of natural causes. It's noted that many rural Chinese don't consider babies under the age of one to be full members of the family and infants' bodies are often abandoned at the hospital. Of course, you've heard about what's going on with Google over in China. Google's apparently going to try and relocate their operations into Hong Kong because of the fact there's been some sophisticated cyber attacks on private Google email accounts um, on the private Google email accounts of Chinese dissidents. Google took a lot of heat for playing ball with the Chinese government over censoring the internet. And they apparently decided that what they were going to do was stop the filtering. And even if that means they're going to get expelled from China, and they might lose about $600 million in annual revenue. And I'm sure it's going to cost them some dough, but we really applaud the efforts of Google to do the right thing. Their motto, after all, is don't be evil. But uh, we mustn't lose sight of the fact that even though China is the world's largest exporter, surpassing uh, Germany, which we noted a few weeks back, it's still run by the Communist Party of Chairman Mao Zedong. In fact, if you can believe this, the Chinese government has, has banned Bob Dylan from playing in China. Apparently his counterculture past makes them nervous over there, and they did not give him permission to play in either Beijing or Shanghai. China's Ministry of Culture has been increasingly selective about allowing foreigners to perform since the 2008 concert by Bjork in Shanghai in which the singer chanted, Tibet, Tibet, while performing a song called Declare Independence. But uh, we need to take a break here in a minute. But final item related to all this matter of, uh, of censorship on the Internet. want to quote CNN.com's Bruce Schneider on the matter who said Google made headlines recently when announced that computer hackers, presumably from China, had broken into its servers in a politically motivated attempt in intelligence gathering. What's less well-known is that the U.S. government inadvertently aided the hackers. After the 9-11 terror attacks, the government vastly expanded its surveillance of telephone and internet communications. At Washington's request, Google created a backdoor access system that allows the feds to spy on email and other internet transactions. This feature is what the Chinese hackers exploited to gain access. And, noted Bruce Schneider, it's not just foreign spies who are sneaking through the back door. U.S. intelligence agents have been caught using their access to spy on wives, girlfriends, and notables such as President Clinton. Criminals have broken into steel credit card and bank account information. That's the problem with systems engineered to allow, quote, official surveillance and control, unquote. They're bound to be misused whether the eavesdroppers are the good guys or the bad guys. Far from making us more secure, these systems put us all at greater risk. God, looks like Hugo Chavez was onto something. Let's take a break. I'm Douglas Evatt. You're listening to Radio Parallax.